0: Uh, Hello everybody, Uh, welcome to Shared Universe Podcast Studio. My name is Ming Chen. Uh, I'm talking to uh, people doing amazing things in Hasbury Park and putting on cool events. And uh, people have built uh, scenes and uh, amazing things here in Asbury and I'm here with Tony Palagrossi. did I pronounce that right and it's very very Italian Uh, the amazing Tony Palagrossi. he's one of the co-founders of the Light of Day Foundation and uh, as he just told me uh, he's done a lot of wonderful things for the music scene here (laughs) here in Asbury but uh, the Light of Day uh, Foundation the Light of Day Winterfest 2020 has kicked off uh in grand style already uh on january 10th and runs i believe until january 25th is that when the We're last to show the is 20th goes until the 20th yeah
1: it's
0: fantastic but uh welcome Great to be here. Welcome. Um, So the Light of Day Foundation, uh, I'm just gonna read a quick summary here, if you don't mind. The Light of Day Foundation uh, utilizes the power of music to raise money and awareness in its continuing battle to defeat Parkinson's disease and its related illnesses, PSP and ALS, within our lifetime. Uh, The Foundation's mission is to fund research into possible cures, improve treatments, and support for patients who suffer from those illnesses, their families, and their caregivers to help improve their quality of life, the primary fundraising efforts are an annual series of concerts held here in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Um, I believe uh, I did some research. Uh, this all started, I think, with a, a party for uh, your friend Benjamin uh, right. back at the downtown and uh, Red Bank, New Jersey,
1: 1998. That's correct. I mean, the reality is without Bob and his diagnosis of early onset Parkinson's, in nineteen, the end of nineteen ninety-seven, this wouldn't be happening, and I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, um, he's really he's the heart, the soul, and the reason that Light of Day exists. And um, yeah, the, the birthday party was really put together by a couple of us just to kind of pick up Bob's spirits after his diagnosis. Um, and it was supposed to be a surprise party, but as with most surprise parties, the object of the surprise usually uh, knows more about it than the guy who's planning it. So one day, a couple of days before the party, Bob called me and he said, you know, that surprise party you're throwing for me. (laughs) Would you mind if we pass the hat for the Parkinson's Disease Foundation in New York? Because they've really been helping me kind of navigate through, you know, uh, learning about my disease. And and they've been giving me uh, recommendations as far as doctors and different kinds of treatment that are out there. And um, so I'd love to collect something and and give it to them. So I said, yeah, awesome idea. And we passed the hat that night at the party, and we collected about $2,000. And that was the birth, that was literally the birth of the Light of Day Foundation, although it didn't become the Light of Day Foundation until two years later.
0: And uh, I believe he was diagnosed at the young age of 38. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, 37. Yeah right around 38
0: yeah Yeah, and uh full name is Bob Benjamin I'm sorry I called him Benjamin before that's his last name is that Bob Benjamin Benjamin. and uh, how did that grow from uh, the initial party in 1998 Uh, two years later you said to create the uh, foundation with uh, the other co-creator Joe Durso Um, how did you go from that initial party to be like wow we credit was it wow, we we raised $2,000 just you know on short notice Maybe we could do more. Yeah. Maybe we could expand more on this.
1: Well, I mean, the reality was, I didn't really. I had met Joe um, at the at the first party, the okay. birthday party, right? Because Bob was Joe's manager, uh, and. Uh, When it came I never really had talked to Joe about the organization I just talked to Bob and there was uh, someone who was very important in in the forming of the light of day and that's Jean Mickle. Okay, and she's the current uh, board president and those were I knew Bob I knew Jean and myself and that's kind of how it started and Bob and I were kicking around you know ideas of of names and uh, I'm fairly certain it was Bob who said, you know you know, we 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 use that we use one of Bruce's songs, "Light of Day," to yeah. end the event. And what do you think about that as a as a name? And I I thought about the lyrics uh, right away, and I said, you know, I think that's perfect. You know, and so you know, Bob named it essentially, and that's how it that's how the name came about. And we asked the you know Bruce's organization, management organization, if it was cool to use the name, and they were you know very gracious and extended the name to us and. You know, and that's how it came together.
0: Yeah, that's a great name. And uh if you want to learn more, you can go to light of day dot uh, org. Yes, light of day um, and our
1: Facebook page.
0: And the Facebook page. Light of Day well. Foundation. And uh you can go on there right now to find out what events are going on, to purchase tickets. Uh a lot of some of the shows are free. Uh some yeah. of the shows uh do require some uh, ticket admission.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Winterfest really encompasses fifty plus shows. Um, over 11 days, uh, we start at the outpost of the Burbs in Montclair, which was, last, which was on the, the 10th. Uh, we were in Philadelphia, at the city winery uh, on the 11th. We had two shows on the 12th, uh, one in Asbury Park at the Stone Pony and one at the Penguin Theater in Stony Point, New York. We take a couple of days off. And tomorrow night, Wednesday, um, although it may not be tomorrow night when you're listening to this. <laughs>
0: Uh, Uh, I'll put this up right away because, uh, you know, this is very timely and uh, I really want to get this word out to everybody.
1: So tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, we're at the cutting room in New York City. Okay, And uh, then from Thursday through Monday, um, the 16th through the 20th, we're back in Asbury Park for the majority of the events. And, uh, you know, we pretty much take over the town. all of the, the concert venues here on, on the boardwalk and on, uh, on Ocean Avenue. And uh, the Asbury Underground does their thing uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're also at the House of Independence. Um, and we're at the, the theater in Ocean Grove. I don't remember the name of that theater, but it's the old Neptune High School. Um, and we do an event there. Oh, so. yeah, that's
0: a great venue. Um, right, uh, right right. as you go into Ocean Grove, I believe it's on the right. And uh, you can't miss the building. Yeah, so. you can't miss <laughs> it. I mean, it, it's, it's been a there for 100, literally
1: 100 years. But uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's approximately 50 events. And um, the Paramount show uh, on Saturday night, the 18th, which we call the main event Bob's Birthday Bash, is uh, almost sold out. There are about 40, 50 tickets left for that.
0: Oh, yeah. You better get them quick then. <laughs>
1: yeah, but all, all of the other shows at the Pony and the Wonder Bar and at the Saint and at the House of Independence and at uh, McLoone's and at the Berkeley and the Asbury Hotel. Um, again, uh, the, some the of them y- are free. The Yacht Club, uh, Langosta yeah, and the Lounge. Yeah, the Yacht Club and Langosta Lounge. They're free. Berkeley Hotel is free. Asbury Hotel is free. We have a show at the Asbury Lanes this year for the first time uh, in the New Lanes, Uh, and the pony and the wonder bar and McClunes are all uh, uh, paid shows and there are tickets left for those that's
0: uh that's that's fantastic and uh, yeah i saw on the events calendar um i think friday and saturday
1: there's a number of shows oh yeah all happening you know some of them simultaneously we have three paramount theater shows this year friday night is the uh is a great show by remember jones it's called tommy it's the who's classic album that he re- he, re- he re- reenacts and reproduces the album itself uh, not the theater show not the broadway show but the album and he kind of puts his own spin on the theatrics of it
0: yeah if you've not seen remember Jones a very very talented musician. yeah
1: he's incredible a uh, friend
0: of the family here yeah and uh, and uh, we love him for sure and uh, I failed to mention uh, congratulations this is the 20th anniversary oh yeah of the light yeah. of day
1: uh, Winterfest first one was in 2000 uh, and I think I said this earlier we raised two thousand dollars uh, at that first birthday party, it became officially Light of Day in two thousand, and now we're past five and a half million dollars. That's that's amazing. I think uh,
0: I read the bio up on the site. I think you have to update that. It said four and a half million oh, yeah. on the bio. We can't you know, keep add, up. add another uh, you know add another million dollars on that. And, and, the, um, and the
1: most incredible thing is, more and more we get unsolicited donations.
0: That's amazing. Uh-huh. And if you want to donate, you can go to lightofday.org. Yes, yeah, lightofday.org.
1: We have a big donate button on the homepage. That's
0: uh that that's fantastic. Uh, How has it grown in the last twenty years? Uh, I imagine the first one, uh, I don't. I, well, I mean, imagine it started out small. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, gained the,
1: attention. The the first unofficial one, the birthday party, was about a hundred people. Okay. I th- uh, Joe Derso played, Bobby Bandiera played, John Eddie played, I think, um, and Billy Hector played, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and again, there were like a hundred, hundred and twenty people there. And then uh, we went to the Stone Pony in and, and 90, 91, and 92. And that was a one-day affair. Then it became a two-day affair. And, you know, we're a totally grassroots do-it-yourself organization. Sure. Um, we don't have any big check writers. We don't have any, you know, presidents of large companies or CEOs right. or, you know, presidents or, you know, Kings <laughs> or Queens or princes or anything like
0: right. that. Right, Sultans. Uh, they're not, no, Sultans, no, no,
1: no oil barons, right. no, uh, robber barons. Right. Right. Not yet. Anyways, not yet. <laughs> you know, we're, well, hopefully never, but, um, we're, we're normal people. And, um, it's just amazing uh the response and 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 how it grew and the only way that we survived and grew is because we let it uh, happen organically because that was the only way we could do it sure uh so you know we we had the first show with the pony uh in 2000 that worked so he said let's do another one so the next we had it and that worked, <laughs> and we said, well maybe we should do two, <laughs> so I think the third year we we started with two shows, yeah, lo and behold, that worked, and that's kind of how it progressed right uh, about eight years into it. Um, we had jumped around a little bit. We had gone to the old Tradewinds in Seabright. We had gone to the club that I owned for a couple of years, uh, Starland Ballroom. But we came back to Asbury because this is really our spiritual home. Right. And,
0: and there's a lot of spirit here. Yeah, there's sure. a ton of
1: spirit. And, uh, and we wanted to really wanted to be here. And that's where it felt best. Um, so, you know, Joe D'Erso, who had been touring Europe as a solo singer-songwriter, so, you know, why don't we bring Light of Day to Europe and I'll just kind of plug it into my little, you know, house part, house concert kind yeah. of thing. And that's how the first Light of Day Europe was born. And that just grew to 14 countries, 16 or 17 shows over a three week period. That's what we just did. Yeah. The um, same thing happened in Canada. Some folks were uh, who were, in, you know, music, real music fans and Asbury Park music fans. And I'll get to how that connection would happened. Okay. Um, but um, they were, you know, Googling Parkinson's organizations and they found the light of day. And our main fundraising focus was utilization of, of the power of music. And so they contacted us. And the same thing happened with some folks out in, believe it or not, Ocean Grove, Australia. Which we later found out was actually truly the sister city of Ocean Grove, New Jersey, because it was founded by the same group of traveling Methodists. Wow! Okay, so all the way, and, uh, all the way down under. All the way down under in Queensland, and they found us um, the same way online. They were looking for an or they were looking for organizations that used music to raise money for Parkinson's right. research. And uh, and lo and behold, they saw us and then they saw that our board president was in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. So it was just a natural for them to, yeah. to contact us. So they do. They do a couple of days worth of shows. So, again, all of these things just happened. And so every time something succeeded, we tried it again and we maybe pushed it a little bit further. And that's how we've gotten to over 85 events span uh, in 14 countries or 15 countries spanning three continents
0: that's amazing did you ever think from that first birthday party or from that first uh the first few in the early 2000s that it would grow this big
1: no of course not <laughs> <laughs> okay i had to ask i had to ask so what do uh, you think yeah you know, yeah i mean you know, we didn't know if it was going to last a year right or two years right. you know it's kind of like you know i i, I kind of when i talk about did we know i i feel like uh You know Mick Jagger when he was asked when he was you know 22 years old if it was going to last, (laughs) he said something. Well, if it lasts two or three years, that'll be amazing. You know, that's kind of the way we felt. You know,
0: right. Uh, Prior to all this, uh, had you embarked on anything, uh, any charitable foundations or raising money through music? Um, Was this any? Did you have any background in that? No. Or had you done anything like that? Well,
1: I, I say no, but the the spirit of Asbury Park. Um, of the Asbury Park musical community has always been very giving and as a musician here in Asbury Park I participated in hundreds of benefits Uh, and the culture here is very benefit oriented Um, Lee Mowicki, who was the legendary DJ at the original Stone Pony who still DJs occasionally at the Stone Pony and he has I think he has a radio show as well Um, he was very benefit conscious and the Stone Pony was known for opening its doors from the beginning uh, for for folks and organizations that needed to throw a benefit and utilize music. And um, so, uh, you know, I grew up in that culture. And most of the folks who were involved in Light of Day grew up in the same area and were very aware of that culture and participated in it uh, individually. And uh, again, it was just kind of a natural organic outgrowth of what has been going on in Asbury Park for many, many years.
0: That's amazing. And uh, you have a vast uh, Asbury and musical background. Uh, You're part of the Asbury Jukes, is that
1: correct? The original Asbury Jukes, yeah. The original Asbury
0: Jukes. Uh, You ran a company called Concerts
1: East. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matter of fact, Concerts East was around for about 23, 24 years. And, um, you know, when we started here in Asbury Park, there was no music industry per se. And we kind of, you know... If I must say so, and I will say so, oh, because nobody else does,
0: definitely say so. Um, the, uh, you know the floor we is yours,
1: sir. We created the concert industry uh, as it has as it has matured. And, and become a real concert industry at this point. But we started that. Uh, there was no industry per se. You know, we gave jobs to people who wanted to be sound people and, and crew people and stage people and lighting technicians and security people for that yum, matter. Because yeah, um, we needed it as we were growing, you know. We needed a security company, so we helped create one. That still exists today. You know, Brian and, and Tony from... Um, Oh God! What's the name of their security company? It used to be called Peacekeeper. Okay, but now it's part of the security company that does all of these Madison Marquette shows at right. all of the venues. Yep. Okay, um, they're still there. They're still doing it. Um, the uh, I sold Starland, uh, which I created. Yeah, the, two, the the world famous Starland Ballroom. in 2003. I sold it to AEG Live in 2007 and eight. Um, you know, my staff is still there. They they've gotten careers from that endeavor. Um, folks here in Asbury Park have gotten careers because Jerry Bacall and I, my partner in concert seats, decided that we needed a, to create a concert company. We wanted to, and we needed to create a concert scene to support it. Right. Um, we leased. Uh, can, we reopened Convention Hall with the City of Asbury Park in the mid '90s. We created the Stone Pony. Um, summer stage we didn't call it the summer stage at the time it started as a circus tent called the stone pony big top then when the tent got blown down in a storm we just called it the stone pony landing and modeled it after janice landing in st petersburg yeah um and that became what is today the Stone Pony Summer Stage. Yeah,
0: the amazing Stone Pony
1: Summer Stage. Right. But we were doing that in the mid-90s when nothing else was going on right. up here in the beachfront. We, we brought the Warp Tour to Asbury Park yeah. and were successful with it. We moved it out of Asbury Park when, when we peaked at about 20,000 people and we couldn't fit it anymore. And rede- redevelopment had just started. And that's when we took it out to Raceway Park.
0: Um, that's, that's We're peaked
1: at about thirty thousand people.
0: So from Big Top to Summer Stage, uh, the Paramount, ev- everything, uh, all the all the great venues here.
1: Yeah, and, and we also brought the alternative rock scene and uh, uh, to Asbury Park because that really wasn't happening before we got involved before we started our company, and that was actually a reason that we started it. I had seen a gap here in New Jersey concert promoting. John Sherr was, who was the major concert promoter in New Jersey at a company called Metropolitan Entertainment, and he was he was big. He was the co-manager with Bill Graham of the Grateful Dead. You know, he controlled New Jersey. He fought Ron Delsner in New York tooth and nail. He managed other artists. He had a record label. He was he was a, he was one of the original, you know, fathers of the modern concert right. business. And for some reason, he kind of missed the alternative rock scene. He was very invested in the the bands of the 80s that were playing arenas. And he had had smaller venues, but he had sold them off to invest in the arena business. Well, when when alternative rock became a thing, when it it, exploded out of Seattle and, 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 and Athens, Georgia, and the different places that it came from... And here and, and the and the punk scene in New York of yeah, the for mid sure. to late seventies and the hardcore scene in LA of the, you know, late seventies, early eighties. Um, when when that when that all happened, they needed they didn't need arenas. No, they needed smaller they needed clubs, venues. yeah. They needed, you know, places like convention hall that were thirty five hundred seats. That that's kind of where it was maxing out in the beginning. Yeah. And there it was, just sitting there. And so that's why we went to the city and said, you know, can we can we open this thing? Somehow? Yeah.
0: Can we open it? Can we reopen it? Uh, yeah. These are great places with history.
1: Right. And again, you know, nothing was going going on here in the beachfront. Uh, you know, I tell people that, you know, 15 years ago, you could literally stand on the beach. And I hate to use a, a Trump analogy, but um, you could fire a cannon down the beach in the middle of July and you wouldn't hit anybody. No, Right. <laughs> and people look at me and they're like what are you out of your mind you know but no, no that's, that's the that's truth that's how it you know? was yeah that's yeah,
0: how yeah. it was i, I remember and uh, I, I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to think now you know sitting here um I, you know in the summer with uh, a, a ton of people uh walking up and down the boardwalk and the beach it's full and the the music blasting yeah. uh, live music blasting
1: from uh, all these amazing venues so when we had fifteen thousand people here for a warp tour, yeah, or and and we were doing or we were doing 30 shows a year in convention hall. That was like c- people couldn't believe it, yeah. You know, the the, the pony was rocking, you know, there were, the music scene, and the live music scene was rocking, you know, and people couldn't believe that that could happen in Asbury Park again. So, um, yeah, it was uh, I think a lot of people who came to our events were some of the people who started things. Because they saw that people would come back to Asbury Park if you gave them a good reason.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I travel a lot, so people ask me say, "Hey, where are you from?" And uh, I live in Shrewsbury, the Red Bank area. I'm, nobody really knows where that is outside of, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. If I'm in, you know, if I'm in, uh, if I'm somewhere else, but uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'm about 15 minutes north of asbury park like oh all right asbury i know Asbury. yeah well good music scene there bruce uh you know right. they, they know the musical acts there so i have to thank you for that for well, making this amazing let's kind of really landmark. give
1: credit where credit is due and that's to bruce springsteen because you know unlike frank sinatra who wanted to kind of disavow his new jersey roots no, till later come on bruce well he did kind of did i know i know um Bruce, uh, you know, regaled in them, you know, and he was the biggest promoter of Asbury Park sure. all over the world for years. Uh, I mean, you know, his first record was "Greetings from Asbury Park." Yes, how more direct can you get? And, and B, but you know, he he always spoke of his his ties to this city, and he was the one who who. Uh, Informed a new generation of the existence of Asbury Park because the only people that remembered Asbury Park were like my parents, Right. who came here in the th- you know, in the twenties and thirties as kids, and in the forties and fifties and sixties, you know, shopping in Steinbacks and going to the beach with their parasols and wearing <laughs> suits, walking up and down the boardwalk in the middle of August, you know, that whole scene. Um, they remembered it, but. You know, my generation looked at Asbury Park as being this this you know dead city, and the the, the truth of the matter it wasn't. It was a honky tonk city that had a great bar scene and had you know fallen on hard times. It, there was a there there was a riot here in Asbury Park in 1970 that uh, you know drove the suburban yeah. people away in droves, um, and it had to recover from from that from from that kind of you know injury that kind of trauma. Um, yeah, and it but, took a, you know, it took a while. It took a while. It took a long while. Yeah, and there were some false starts. You know, uh, but I would always sit here and look at the boardwalk and look at the beach and say, you know, this is 45 miles from the the largest city in the country. How can nobody be on this beach? Right. You know? right. This is this <laughs> that is, can't this last. Is, this is beautiful.
0: There's yeah. a there's a soul here. There's a spirit and you
1: know, here. and the you know, there's the the musical soul and and that was always alive. Right. You know, I mean, most of the musicians, me included, came to Asbury Park for a number of reasons. A, there were other musicians. Uh, B, it was cheap to live here. Right. Uh, C, if you, you know, went to bed at 7 o'clock in the morning and got up at 3 o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon, you weren't a weirdo. No. You know, if you had any kind of alternative lifestyle, you felt at home. Right here um you know when i say alternative lifestyle i'm talking about alternative to the suburban lifestyle
0: sure not a nine to 5,
1: uh, right which was 95 know. predominantly white Anglo, you know anglo-saxon sure. and catholic predominantly you know <laughs> protestant and catholic and you know i grew up in lavalette and you know that town um was like that right but you know all my heroes were different. Yeah. <laughs> All my musical heroes were very different, and when I came to Asbury Park, I found a home that I felt comfortable in, and that I, you know, that kind of grooved in a way that energized me and 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 made it, you know, made life exciting.
0: I, I love that yeah. you used the word grooved. I think that's yeah. a that's a perfect description. Um, the X playing uh, playing here this week. Um, Uh, Do you do you book them at all? Uh, You know how are they chosen?
1: Yeah, Um, I I book the majority of it. Yeah, you do. Okay. Also, Lynn Ward uh, helps quite a bit. Gene Mickle, Joe Derso, but I I would say I book eighty five to ninety percent. That's amazing.
0: Is there any criteria that you're looking for, or uh, these are acts that you've worked with in in the past? Well,
1: I mean, currently this year in particular, because it's the twentieth, we really wanted to kind of. Cater to the folks that had been with us okay uh, all of these years or most a little of these history. Years. yeah, kind of give a nod to that, and because you know the twentieth is kind of is, is a milestone it 's a psychic milestone, um, more importantly it 's a spiritual milestone in, 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 in many in, in in many walks of life and in many situations. Uh, This being one of them. So it's a good time to kind of give a nod to where we're at right now, how we've gotten here, but also to take a look at, you know, what's going to happen in the future and how we're going to proceed into the future.
0: That's amazing. Um, Are there any acts that you're excited to see? Or
1: uh, I I mean, I know they're all amazing. Yeah, they're all great. They're all great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see Remember Jones's Tommy show. I saw it once. At the Axelrod Theater, but this is in a much bigger space. It'll be it'll be much more dramatic and much more majestic. Um, I'm excited to see the Remembering Harry Chapin show, okay. which is at the Paramount on Sunday. Um, I'm also very excited um, to see the the main event and Bob's birthday bash and to see Bob on stage once again. Um, and you know all of the artists that are on that show have all been integral in in our in our survival and in our growth. Um, there's some great uh, the kickoff show at the House of Independence and, uh, on the on the 16th with Mark Ribler's uh, 50 Licks uh, Music of the Rolling Stones show. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, I think one of the best shows of the weekend is the Dramarama Bongo show at the House of Independence. I saw that on the bill. With the Gripweeds opening. Um, Another great show uh, for a little different audience uh, is the Weaklings record release show at the Stone Pony. um, Along with John Eddy and James Maddock and and, uh, Hollis Brown and others. Uh, The Weaklings are releasing their third album. Uh, on gem records and um, ha- you know, this is the first record release show that light of day has ever participated in so it's really exciting for us the weeklings go on at 920 or 930 and uh, they're going to play for about 75 minutes and uh, we're going to record it live and film it so uh, all you weeklings fans out there come on down because be part of be you got to be part of it you got to support and be part of it
0: uh, will you be hopping up on
1: stage at all um, I, I talk. You talk. Okay. I talk. I, I talk about the organization. And most importantly, I talk about why we're really there. You know, music is a great motivator. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a great soother of the soul. It's a great, uh, it nurtures the soul. It gives us energy. It, uh, it, hopefully, it hopefully lifts us to a higher plane yeah it brings uh, people together brings people to it, brings family together and that it bring, you know one of the great things about Asbury Park is the musical community and how the musical community comes together um there are always problems in any in any family but this family has stuck together through thick and thin for 40 years 50 years and it's just getting better but um yeah I mean I I you know I I think that uh that this light of day is going to be uh, one that's going to be unforgettable, for all of the above reasons.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you're anywhere near Asbury Park this week, uh, come definitely come on down. Um, catch one show, catch many shows. Uh, there's there's so there's uh, so many to choose from. And uh, I thank you for doing great things for continuing this for 20 years. Uh, if anybody wants to help out, to donate. To uh, I don't know if you take volunteers at all. Uh, um, how can people yeah, contribute? The, uh,
1: you know, if you want to volunteer, it's a little late in the game for that. Sure. But uh, the person to contact is Jean Mickle, okay. and you can find her Light of Day email address uh, uh, on the Light of Day uh, website, okay. which is Light of Day org. Light of Day org. Um, I do want to say that we have about 40 or 50 tickets left for Bob's birthday bash on January 18th at the Paramount Theater. Uh, and all of the other shows uh, still have tickets available.
0: It's fantastic. Well, Tony, Tony, thank you so much for um, um, just for coming down here for. Uh, for celebrating the 20th anniversary and uh, for telling us all about the Light of Day Foundation. Well, and, Ming, uh, thank
1: you so much. And, and this show is a great service to the city.
0: I, uh, yeah, I, I'm and, just trying and to and help the get the word out for, uh, you know, it was such a great thing that you guys, as you guys have started and have continued, uh, you know, congratulations on the 20th anniversary. I hope it goes for another 20 40 80 100 years
1: well I I gotta tell you that and I always say this I hope we never have to do it for this reason again oh yeah now you know obviously if if by some miraculous and I pray to God that it happens tomorrow um, because I'd cancel this whole damn thing (laughs) oh cure for it sure Um, but If we're fortunate enough to find a cure for Parkinson's or for ALS or PSP, it'll lead to cures for the other two because they certainly share certain characteristics. Um, So, let's say that we find a cure for all three. Well, we have this great machine (laughs) (laughs) that we probably have to do something with because nobody's not going to want to do something in January. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll just have to find another cause. and I, I hope we can say next year that we had to find another cause.
0: That would be amazing. And uh, and if we did find that cure, uh, you know, you would have contributed to that for sure. So thank you very much, Tony. And uh, great luck with the uh, Light of Dave uh, Winterfest 2020.
1: Thanks, Ming.